Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTS with Fiona and today I've had a special request from one of the Members Academy, Hind. Hi Hind, thanks for the request. It was about the reading called Having a Laugh. It's a reading passage three, academic, and it's difficult. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, Hind did the uh, boot camp, reading boot camp, and this was part of it. If you're not in the academy, I do run free boot camps. This month we're doing the Advent Challenge. I do them every year and every year there's a different challenge. We've done speaking part one, part two. Last year we did pronunciation and the phonemic alphabet. This year the focus, no, last year was writing, sorry. So that's four years we've done it. And yeah, this year we're doing grammar. So today is December the 5th and every day there's a new um, grammar point related to the alphabet just to give it some kind of order. So the first one, day one, is A for articles. Day two is B for be able to because I noticed people confuse that quite a lot with can. They're not always interchangeable. So go and have a look at that. Um, day three is A, B, C, concession, sorry, C is for concession, so we're going to talk about that, it's actually in the reading today, so it's really important you understand what concession is and that you can use it. Day four is due to, so I keep an alphabetical list of common mistakes when we do the Friday feedback. And I've noticed people using due to rather than because, but it has different uh, grammar implications. So go and have a look at that. And the most recent one today, day five, is E. And it's even if. And that comes up in the reading again today as well. So they're all little tidbits of information, but they all add up. If you can do them little by little, or you can just review them, then they'll come in handy for all aspects of um, writing. These were designed for writing, but actually you'll see today that they come up in the reading and, and you need to know them. So day five was alternatives for conditionals. We tend to think of if as the only conditional word, but there are others. There are things like as long as or provided that or supposing. And you can go onto the link and that will click you forward to another link where you can review it as well. So let's get started. Oh, sorry, by the way, if you're looking for that, just go to the front page of my website, ieltc.com. And in the menu, there's a new tab called Advent. So just click there. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to send me your email. I'm not going to try and sell you anything. Just go there, enjoy it, and let me know if you've got any requests. There are still a few days that I haven't filled up yet. So if there's a grammar point you'd like me to review, then please just let me know. All right, so this is a passage three. It's difficult. It's difficult because it's a very, um, well, it's an academic passage in, in that it's a piece of research. So there are theories behind the research. Uh, there are uh, three paragraphs about how they tested the theory. 
and then the conclusion and the implications of their research. So it's perfect for your reading practice. It's the kind of thing you'd have to do if you go to university. You'll have to write this kind of um, research analysis and certainly read a lot of them. So it's it's it follows that typical research theory evidence implications type structure. So it's really useful. The subtitle tells us more. It says the findings, useful word for IELTS, meaning the results of the research. The findings of psychological scientists reveal the importance of humour. So right from the start, we know that the main argument, the main stance is that humour is important. Just when you're writing your, just like when you're writing task two, you put your stance very clearly. You don't try and hide it till the end. You you say what you're going to argue right at the start. And this is normal in scientific academic writing. This is what they do here. The rest of the text will just explain how they revealed the importance. What was their theory and how did they test it? So the first paragraph um goes into the background of humour, how important it is. It talks about um, humans develop it at six six weeks old, a sense of humour. Uh, it's important across all cultures. And even, there's the even, it's going to be important in a minute, even in the animal world in some form. The second paragraph um, talks about Again, from the first line, if you just look at the first line, it talks about how important it is for social communication. And there's a capital letter story there about an American sound engineer called Charlie Douglas and how he invented these laugh tracks. So, you know, when you watch comedies, there aren't real people clapping and laughing. They're usually recorded. They've gone out of fashion a little bit, but they used to be... Um, the norm. Next paragraph is the first study and the capital letter is Santa Cruz in 2016, University of California. Paragraph four, another university study is in San Diego. And then the third study is in Australia, Australia. So David Cheng and Lu Wang of Australian National University. And it's their research that has implications right at the end about how important it is. So that's the structure. It's quite simple to follow. And the first set of questions, the multiple choice questions, go in exact order. Each paragraph has a question. So let's look at 27. 27, when referring to laughter in the first paragraph, the writer emphasises what? And there are four choices. Its impact on language, its function in human culture, its value to scientific research, and D, its universality. Universality? Never heard that pronounced in animal societies. So you can see the tricks bouncing out here. You've got the animal societies. 
it's not universal in animal societies. It says laughter is universal across all human cultures and even in some form in rats and chimps. So even tells you it's not universal in animals, it's it's in humans and even in some animals. So it's not D, cross that out. Um, A is a complete no, there's no mention of its impact on language, so cross that out. Now, you're left with the two similarities, two similar ones. So B said its function in human culture. Well, it says it's universal um, and it, universal across human cultures, but it doesn't say its function. It says laughter and humour provide scientists with rich resources for studying human psychology. psychology. So it's all about the value to scientific research. It's 27 is C. 28 goes to the next paragraph and this man, Charlie Douglas, what does the writer suggest about him? Now, suggest means it's not going to be black and white. It's going to be subtle. You have to read between the lines a little bit. Let me tell you exactly what he says about Charlie Douglas. He hated the unpredictable laughter of live audiences. Unpredictable. He, he didn't like the way they just laughed when he didn't want them to, maybe. So he started recording his own laugh tracks. These were intended to help people at home feel like they were in a social situation, such as a crowded theatre. So he wanted people to feel as if they were in a social situation. He even, there's the even again, he even recorded different types of laughter, like men, women and children. And he picked up on a quality of laughter that is now interesting researchers. A simple ha-ha communicates a remarkable amount of socially relevant information. So, a, he understood the importance of enjoying humour in a group setting. That is as far as he went. He just wanted people at home to feel they were in a group. So that is the answer. It's A. The other ones are tricks about what came after him. So B is he believed TV viewers at home needed to be told when to laugh. No, absolutely not. So these two, C, he wanted his shows to appeal to audiences across the social spectrum. No, that's a trick. He just took different kinds of laughter from different types of people, but not social spectrum, just men, women and children. D, he preferred shows where audiences were present in the recording studio. No, he, he didn't. There's nothing to suggest that. It says he just didn't like the unpredictable laughter of live audience. So actually, he didn't like audiences being present live. 29, next paragraph, capital letter, Santa Cruz. What makes the Santa Cruz study particularly significant? Again, ask yourself, why is that study important? 
So in Santa Cruz, what happened? So they got 30 psychological scientists, anthropologists and biologists um, and played these recordings. Oh, sorry, samples of laughter from these people played them to listeners from 24 diverse societies, indigenous tribes in New Guinea, city dwellers in India and Europe. So that's what they did. Um, and what happens? The results, the results were remarkably consistent. They had to guess if the people laughing were friends or strangers. And people's guesses were correct almost 60% of the time. So why is this important? Let's look at the choices. A, the various different types of laughter that were studied. No, um, there were only two types of laughter. B, the similar results produced by a wide range of cultures. Yes, that is the correct answer. You could probably guess that because why did they do it? They wanted to see if cultures reacted differently. But the result was very, very similar. So that is the answer. And it comes in those Synonyms, the results were remarkably consistent, is a synonym, the similar results from this wide range of cultures. C, the number of different academic disciplines involved. Well, there were a few, maybe three different disciplines, but that... Sorry, my audio cut out then. We were looking at 29, the number of different disciplines... And actually, there were only three, so that's a distractor. And then in D, the many kinds of people whose laughter was recorded, there were not many kinds of people. There were just pairs of English-speaking students. Let's go to question 30 now. And which of the following happened in the San Diego study? This is an easy question because it's just looking for an action a, some people became upset. B, some exchanged roles. C, participants became friends. Or D, some participants were unable to laugh. So although it's a difficult paragraph, you're just looking for a simple action. And actually none of these happened apart from each student took a turn at being teased by the others. So they exchanged roles. And that is the answer. It's B. The other things just didn't happen. When you go to 31, though, it's a more difficult question because it says, what, does the, what did the results of the San Diego study suggest? So this is more reading between the lines kind of question. And it's quite difficult if I read out the four choices because you have to understand the whole research project first. Put simply, they had high status and low status people. They both 
changed roles. So sometimes they did a dominant laugh, I guess loud, and sometimes they did a submissive laugh, I guess quietly. And then when people listened to them laughing, people had to decide if they could tell from this laugh whether they were high status or low status. So can you tell by the way somebody laughs whether they are high status or low status? And the conclusion is in the last line. High status individuals were rated as high status whether they produced their natural dominant laugh or tried to do a submissive one. So whichever one they chose, they could always be identified as high status. Yeah, so so that's it. I, I'll, I'll just leave that one there before I start talking about the Tory government and the way they laugh at people. I will stop there. So the next bit is the summary and you've got words to choose from. The title of the summary is The Benefits of Humour. That might help you in a minute. And the first line is about the third study, the Australian study. And what they did, they chose three videos to show participants to see how those videos affected the way that they worked. And they gave the students a tedious task, a boring task, and then they showed them a video to see which one would help them work harder. There were three types of video, um, eliciting humour, contentment or happiness, and then neutral, just factual videos. Those are the three types of videos. Some watched the comedy, the funny one, Mr Bean. Some watched the relaxing one, dolphins swimming, happy one. And others just watched a boring factual video about management. So those are the three types of, of feelings. So in the gap fill, it says each video was designed to generate a different kind of, your head is probably telling you feeling. And when you look at the choices, you're looking for a noun and the nouns are laughter, anxiety, enjoyment. Those are three types of feelings, but we want a word which describes feeling and the answer is emotion. The video is designed to generate a different kind of emotion, is the answer. It's a synonym for feeling. And then it was found that those who had watched the mm video could work longer and try harder. So what kind of video made people work for longer and try harder? What can you guess? The funny one, the relaxing one, or the neutral one? When you look in the text, it says students who had watched the Mr Bean video, and we know it's funny because it's called a comedy, ended up spending significantly more time working on the task. 
making twice as many predictions as the other group. So the people who watched the funny video, Mr. Bean, uh, worked harder and longer. So you need a synonym for funny. And we've got these four options, relaxing, stimulating, amusing, or boring. And the answer is, of course, amusing. Then they did a second study. So you move down the paragraphs in which participants were asked to perform a particularly something task. So adjective to describe a task. And what was special about this task? It says it was a tedious task. Tedious meaning very boring. And that is the answer again. According to researchers, David Cheng and Lu Wang, these findings suggest two things. That humour not only reduces something. So what does it reduce? Um, again, we're looking for nouns. What could it be? It reduces laughter, anxiety, enjoyment or emotion. Well, you could guess that. Humour reduces anxiety. And in the last paragraph, it says it's been found to relieve stress, stress as a synonym for anxiety, relieve as a synonym for reduce. And the second conclusion, it may also have a something effect on the body and mind. So what kind of effect did it have on these people, on the body and mind? Was it relaxing? stimulating, amusing or boring? And of course, the answer is, well, it says in the text, we suggest that humour is not only enjoyable, but more importantly, energising. And the synonym for energising is stimulating. Okay, so that's the whole text done. And now there's another set of questions and it's yes, no, not given. So you will need to go back into the text, although it still goes in the same order as the studies. Starts with Santa Cruz, then San Diego, then Australian. So first of all, 37. Participants in the Santa Cruz study were more accurate at identifying the laughs of friends than those of strangers. Now, remember that comparisons in IELTS, uh, true, false, not given, are always dangerous because you're looking for a comparison of exactly the same things in the text. Now, if you look at the Santa Cruz study, does it mention anything about the laughs of friends and strangers? And actually, it doesn't. Just simply does not mention that. There is a comparison. But is there a comparison? No, there's not. So there's not even a comparison. So, 37 is not given. Now, there are only four questions here. So, if you've already had one not given, you've got 38, 39, 40. One of them will be yes and no. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so 38, the researchers in the San Diego study were correct in their predictions. Now, if you've done any kind of research, then you know the language of people saying that they 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 got the results they expected. And in the San Diego says uh, study, it says analysis revealed that as expected, high status individuals, blah, blah, blah. All you need is those words as expected. And I think in the next paragraph as well, it says in line with predictions. Anyway, both of those are enough evidence to say that they were correct in their predictions. And the answer 38 is yes. 39, in the Australian study, the participants were given a fixed amount of time to complete the task. So you're looking for a number. Were they given 10 minutes, two hours, one day, whatever? And what it actually says is participants were allowed to quit the task at any point. They could stop whenever they wanted, which means there was no fixed time. So the answer for 39 is no. The last one, 40. So we've had one not given, one yes, one no. Could be anything here. Cheng and Wang's conclusions were in line with established notions regarding task performance. Now, right at the start of this podcast, we talked about concession. Concession is when you start something usually with although. Um, when you maybe want to accept that somebody might be right, you might say, although you have a point to a certain extent, I think you're wrong. So you, you concede, you, you show the other point of view. And this is exactly what happens in the last paragraph. And it shows us what the normal, the established notion is. The established, it says, the traditional view of task performance implies that individuals should avoid things like humour. So the traditional view is you shouldn't watch funny videos or TikTok or YouTube while you're working because this might distract you. That's the traditional established view. Cheng and Wang did not agree. They thought that humour could be energising. So, is this true or false? Cheng and Wang's conclusions were in line with, meaning they agreed with, established notions. And actually, no, the opposite. They found the opposite. The research showed that if they spent some time watching a funny video, they actually worked better and for longer and they worked harder. So their conclusions were not in line with established notions. Okay, that is it. It's not an easy one. I'd give it probably eight out of ten in level of difficulty. Um, I'm sorry that my audio cut out actually three times. I had to start it again three times. I hope this is okay now. Do remember to head over to my website, ieltsetc.com, and check out the Advent Challenge. 
And a quick request from me, if you're enjoying my podcast or if you've enjoyed any of the 330 podcasts that I've done, it would be really nice if you could give me a five-star review or leave a, a comment, a nice review, so that other people can find me. Lots of people say that their podcast has helped them pass the test without joining my course or anything. So if you found the podcast valuable, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could share it, tell your friends about it, leave a nice review, leave a, a five star if you rating if you can. That would really, really help me if um, if you could be kind enough to do that. I would be very, very grateful. Thanks for listening. Chat soon. Bye-bye.